It's time for JT the Brick. I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth. Here we go again. Do it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. Do something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation Unite, this would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? JT the Brick. I'm done with. We got to clean it up. Done. Clean it up is over. It's put up or shut up week. There are no rules here. Bobby insists. No rules. That's kind of a hostile work environment for me. Is it too soft? I'm salty. I'm pissed off. But I want to see some violence. The wolves are at the door. This is it. You got me? This is it. Let's stop this. Let's get to work and do your job. And now. Let's go. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate. JT, as we begin on a Monday, Combine Week, as the Raiders are in Indianapolis for the Combine. And we have your in-depth team coverage right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on the Raiders mobile app and now on YouTube. Yes, the show is streaming on YouTube. We have people there every day. We'd like you to get in there. Go to YouTube, JT the Brick, YT, and jump on in. I'm sending out the tweet. I'm doing more than one thing. I'm not chewing gum, Bobby, but I'm tweeting and I'm talking and I'm on YouTube at the same time. And we thank everybody who's in there. And thank you for helping us grow this side of the show, which is brought to you by Modelo. Modelo also jumps in on the YouTube live stream. We appreciate that. So a lot I want to get to this week. This week, there's a lot of unknowns. The combine is unknown. It always is unknown. It's about meetings, 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 and meetings. That's all it is is meet with as many people as you can meet with and ask them some questions, and maybe you'll draft one of the players you met with. That's the combine. Everybody can watch the combine from home. Everybody can watch someone run a 40. Everybody can watch a cone drill. The reason the Raiders and Tom Telesco are there is to meet with young men, get them in these meetings, and find out how smart they are, how dedicated they are to football, how passionate they are for their careers – not just to make it to the NFL, but to be a brand and to build around so you can put better players on the field. That's it. So, again, I'm not a cone drill guy. You want to jump up and, and how high you can jump. All that's important. Good luck with that. There's been many more players who have been crapped out of the league and never heard from again that could run fast and jump high but couldn't play football. It's tackle football. How did you tackle in college in these games in space? It's offense. How do you run your route? Do you catch the ball? Do you need to work on your hands? Can you run the ball? Maybe they didn't run you a lot in college, so you're not worn out. And maybe we'll draft you in the third round because you don't have any wear and tear on you, and we can have you for five years. All of this goes into the big picture for the Raiders. Now, I'm not a guy that's going to sit around and say, this is more important. This is more important than anything. Oh, my God, this is the most important combine ever. No, I'm not going to go there. But this is the most important offseason for the Raiders in Las Vegas history. We've had a bumpy road along the way here when it comes to player personnel. Okay? The Cleveland Farrells, the Damon Arnett's going down the road, the absolute players who are not evaluated correctly and has put this franchise backwards because player development, and there's some real good players on this team. Max Crosby in the fourth round. We talked about the Hunter Renfro pick. You can find Trayvon Merrick turning into a good player. 
There's been good drafted players on this team. Josh Jacobs, for example. How about Aiden O'Connell? He can play quarterback. Fourth-round pick. So We go down the list, but the misses, and it happens with other organizations, but the misses here with Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, Cleland Farrell have been so big, so massive, the misses here. Going back to Garyon Conley, Darius Hayward Bay, you know, go down the list of players that busted out in Oakland. It happens to every GM. It's hard. It's hard to evaluate players when you have the 13th pick and the 35th pick and you're going down the road. you got to try to find people that are going to be there that you can count on and get it done. That's why I like free agents. I like to hire players who have proven themselves and they're available and you can go pay for them and you know what you're going to get. You have a pretty good idea of the player you're going to get from another team, and the other team might not want them or they can't afford them. I like bringing in those guys. But as Dave Ziegler has told me and Reggie McKenzie has told me and John Gruden told me, you don't want to build a team via free agency. You want to build it through the draft. But we haven't been very good. We have not been good in Las Vegas with the draft, okay? We have not been. Am I the only guy who can see this? We have not been good in the draft. We have not pounced and had more winners than losers. And now Tom Telesco comes in, and he has an opportunity to do it. It's clear why Tom was hired. His experience, his experience and some of the home runs and value picks he had in the first two rounds. Perfect right now for the Raiders because the Raiders have a playoff roster that is ready to be tweaked with just a few more players. I mean, Jack Jones is telling everybody, let's roll it back. I'm pretty good with the team we have. I'm not good with the team we have. The team we have is not a playoff team unless we have free agents and a great draft with starters. Remember, as Bobby loves when we say it in the open, this is not the show of the practice squad. I like the practice squad, guys. Part of the team. You get to dress on game day. You get to come to the stadium. You get to go to practice. This is not the show of the practice squad. This is the show of Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. We're trying to get stars in that building that can win at the level of Patrick Mahomes. Oh, and I'll get to Mahomes in a minute. My wife told me when I left the house today, be careful what you said last night. I was at the grand opening, the soft opening, friends and family for Emmett Smith's Steakhouse last night. Unbelievable. Let me get that into the monologue. Fantastic. Right there on the strip. Uh, fashion show mall on the outside, right on the strip. We were watching the marathon runners run by. Fantastic. And I had one of the best meals I've ever had in Vegas, from sushi to steak to pasta, bolognese. To, it was just fantastic. So I wish all my friends over at Emmett's, as it just opens up, Todd Parmalee, Kelly Jones, Chef Steve Menino, my whole friend crew there, a tremendous success. We had a great night last night. But when we were sitting around talking, uh, one of the guys said to me, he goes, what's up with Mahomes and Kelsey here at our nightclubs? I said, yeah, I saw that, man. They're they're." They're here celebrating again. I'm like, they celebrated after the Super Bowl, but right after the Super Bowl, Mahomes had to go to Disneyland. Then they had the parade in Kansas City where, unfortunately, a woman died. And now the guys are all back in Vegas celebrating in our nightclubs. And they're putting We Are the Champions up in our nightclubs and the Chiefs logo. And my wife says, you got to calm down, man. They're the party capital of the world. People are allowed to come here in their 20s and 30s and go to nightclubs. I said, no, but I got this feel. Just me. I'm not in the nightclub circuit anymore. But I got this feel like they're trolling us. What, are they going to come to Vegas every other week and we're going to open up all these nightclubs on the Strip and throw Kansas City cheap parties? we got to stop this crap. 
I don't mind you come here for celebration for the Super Bowl. I know they won the Super Bowl. They come to Vegas. Enough's enough. Mahomes is undefeated in Las Vegas. He comes here and he's everywhere, wearing a hat on backwards, drinking a beer. He's at Encore. Then he's over at Zook at Resorts World. Then he's here or there. Yeah, put this to an end, man. Yeah, put this to an end. What the hell's going on out there, as Vince Lombardi might say? Well, are you going to have a Chiefs nightclub party every weekend in Vegas? Was Johnny Katz going to have to go on the strip and video Patrick Mahomes on stage with our favorite DJs and they're all wearing Kansas City gear? Why am I getting worked up on that? <laughs> because I don't want that to happen anymore. I want Max Crosby in nightclubs with the Lombardi Trophy, not Patrick Mahomes. I digress. So, with all that being said, the Combine is this week. We're going to talk to Q Myers, who's out there, Vinny Bonsignor, Brandon Cristal today, who's an insider in Denver. I got him booked to come in, and we will drop in. We will drop in some insiders from the Combine who basically are going to tell me what I, what I just said in the first 10 minutes of the show. How'd everybody look in shorts? How's the interviews going? But they do get access. They do get access to the coach, and they get access to the GM. And we'll have those press conference feeds, and we'll be able to do that. So that's quickly what I wanted to mention. And Peter King retired today. Peter King retired today from NFL writing his Monday morning quarterback column, which is great. I've read every one. I've never missed one. It normally comes out when I'm on the air Sunday night. I've read every one. And he was on radio today and said that Russell Wilson is the perfect fit for the Steelers. Because the Steelers could get Russell Wilson for $1.2 million. Denver would pay $39 million of it. And Peter King said that. He said it would be perfect in Pittsburgh. And I yelled at my television. I really don't yell at my television. I stood up and I go, whoa. Wait a second. He's perfect in Pittsburgh. Why isn't he perfect in Vegas? If I can get Russell Wilson for $1.2 million, the veteran minimum, or even $2 million, we got slot cornerbacks who don't even play that make that money on the Raiders. Get me, get me Russell Wilson for one year. And you know what Peter King said? Great point at the end of this radio interview. He said, it's great for Pittsburgh. It's a one-year deal. If he plays well, they're a playoff team. If he doesn't play well, it's a one-year deal. You move on. I was like, that's perfect. Russell Wilson's available on a one-year deal. Justin Fields is available for a second-round pick. A second-round pick. He's a starter. He's a starter and can do naked bootlegs from 30 yards out and run for touchdowns. He's got a monster arm. He needs to be developed, but I don't think he's going to come here because Luke Getze came here and got out of jail in Chicago and came to Las Vegas. I will be talking about Russell Wilson on this show until Russell Wilson decides to go play somewhere else other than Vegas. Again, I don't think he's coming to Vegas, but it makes a lot of sense. There would be no argument from the Raider Nation. Zero. I will ban Raider callers zero if they can get this guy for $1.2 million. If it was $19 million or $33 million, it wouldn't even be a topic. But if Russell Wilson is available for the veteran minimum and Peter King thinks it's a great move, I think it's a great move at the veteran minimum. Something I'll dive into a little bit later. Brandon Cristal will join us. Hey, Stoner Dude's in the Netherlands. He's performing for a great new rock band. He's their drummer. He's a frequent caller to the show. I want to get him up in the Netherlands coming off Paris. How are you, buddy? Yeah, man. Well, first of all, listening to your uh, monologue, I agree with you, JT. I like veterans, too, but we obviously you get some future players, some future stars to compete with these other future stars out there. But, yeah, man, I have the awesome opportunity 
to join a very famous old school punk band called the Dead Boys. Uh, there's a movie out there called CBGB, mm-hmm. and they're actually featured in the movie. And the redhead kid from Harry Potter plays my boss, Cheetah Chrome. So it's a it's kind of a big deal. I'm really happy to do it. We're in the middle of it, doing uh, 16 shows in uh, eight countries, and we're bouncing around. Our last show is going to be in Finland. We were in England. I'm getting a crash course on Europe, JT, but I'm listening on my mobile app, 920 uh, Radio Nation. And, uh, you know, JT, the trippiest part is I'm calling from the future. I'm nine hours in the future, <laughs> so that's really weird. Uh, uh, you also... I want to say... You, Boy, I'm sorry, JT. You also said you love the food. You're trying the Parisian food. You're eating in the Netherlands. You're our first caller on the mobile app ever from the Netherlands, and you're ahead in time there, so you're enjoying the food there, huh, and the beverages? JT, you have it, man. It's a, the whole of the world out here for food, man, the ingredients. I'll tell you right now, you never had French bread until you had it in France, <laughs> you know? Right. You haven't had fish and chips. Until you had it in England, you know, in Scotland. So, yeah, I'm in Oh, my God. I'm, and, of course, I found the local dispensaries out here. I got the hookups. I'm eating all the food. I'm having the time of my life. But speaking of the time of my life, one of the best time of my life is celebrating great times with the great Phil Villapiano, who it's his birthday yes. today, JT, for Foo. And, uh, you know, Jay, uh, Foo used to always come up to Ricky's. Uh, when the band Raider Head would play there, he would I would just give him the mic, JT, and he would just let him go off and talk about how he hates the Kansas City Chiefs. And I had to mention that, of course, in response to your comments about Patrick Mahomes. Oh, I mean, the things that we've been feeling this past few weeks since the Super Bowl. But that was then. This is now. We got a new draft. We got a new regime. I love Antonio Pierce's coaching staff. He's put together. He's constantly feeding everybody the mantra of the Raider way. I love every bit of it, JT. I'm in the mean streets of Eindhoven. Eindhoven. How do you say it? Uh, Eindhoven. That's it. Eindhoven, Netherlands, about an hour and a half away from uh, Amsterdam. It's a long road. I'll probably be back home in early March. JT, looking forward to seeing you out there partying back in Vegas again. Thank you, Stoner Dude. Checking in from the Netherlands. How cool is that mobile app, huh? It works anywhere in the world where you can hear the show. Brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town. Five to seven, midnight to two. You got NASCAR this weekend, rugby. I'm going to be a part of the rugby programming. I'll be down on Fremont Street Thursday night on stage interviewing some of the rugby players as we have rugby and NASCAR in town. A lot of people visiting for sports. Uh, International rugby from Australia and NASCAR, one of the two great races that we have here in Vegas. We got a big sports week here. It's undervalued. I love it. I'm going to go to both NASCAR and rugby over the weekend, and I can't wait for that. So back to the Raiders here in the monologue because I want to get to uh, court storming. Did a whole Sunday show yesterday on storming the court. We want to cancel court storming now because we're afraid that 19-year-old girls who take selfies after a game are going to break someone's leg. So we want to cancel that, and Jay Billis wants to arrest wants to arrest people for court storming. Oh, my God, I can't. I'll wait till you hear what I have to say on this. Oh, my God, 19-year-old girls taking selfies, running on the court. We want to arrest them, arrest them, and kick them out of college. Uh, I got a lot to say on that topic. That's a big national topic as we get rolling. So Russell Wilson, I've got kind of find myself in a precarious spot here because last year, right at this time, I was begging for Tom Brady to be the quarterback, begging Tom Brady to be the quarterback. 
and hoping that Aaron Rodgers would consider it. But I knew the Raiders weren't going to do Aaron Rodgers for the $50 million. They just weren't going to do the price on Aaron Rodgers. But Devontae was here, and that got us through a couple of dead zone shows, Bobby, talking about Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, knowing that the odds weren't very good. I don't think the odds are very good for Justin Fields or Russell Wilson, but I'm going to make sure I uh, you know, turn over every stone and talk about this. I'm sick and tired of Raider fans saying they don't want a player because he didn't play for the Raiders. I'm done with that topic. I'm done with that topic. What, what the Raiders only allowed to get Jaguars and Commanders? They're not allowed to get Patriots and Broncos? Kansas City has no problem bringing in Patriots and Broncos, and they're going for a three-peat. I'm sick and tired of Raider fans saying, I don't like a football player because he doesn't wear our colors. Too bad. Jim Plunkett every time was a New England Patriot and the San Francisco 49ers. He's on the Mount Rushmore of Raider achievements. He didn't play for the Raiders, wasn't drafted for the Raiders until Mr. Davis salvaged him. Other players are available to play for the Raiders, and you should welcome them all. And you should say, thank you for coming here. You get a fresh start with our team. We're going to back you. We're going to get behind you, and we want you to win because we can't win without you. We don't win anymore. We don't win Super Bowls. We want to win Super Bowls, so I'll take a chief like Chris Jones. Ideally, Chris Jones, that's another. That's the number one free agent is available. What is the number one weakness on the Raiders? Defensive tackle domination. Got some good defensive tackles around here. Some decent ones. None of them going to the Pro Bowl. None of them going to the Hall of Fame. Let's get a guy like Chris Jones in here. You know why? Because you take him away from Kansas City and you add him here. Chester McLaughlin went from here to Kansas City. Yeah, other players have left. And gone. I watched the football life with Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice went from the Niners. Bill Walsh let him go. He went to the Raiders, and then he went to the Seahawks. And I couldn't believe when Jerry Rice retired. You know where he retired? In front of a Bronco microphone. He got cut at the Broncos training camp. And Jerry Rice in front of the microphone says, I guess this is it. I think Jerry Rice is the greatest football player maybe of all time. Put on a bunch of different jerseys. We, the season ticket holders, got to get players who wore other jerseys in our building who are productive and want to be Raiders. That's my focus of the offseason, including the draft. So everyone who is available, everyone who's available in free agency, I want to be able to talk about how to bring them to Las Vegas where we don't have any state taxes and we have the ability to start your career over again and uh, have a chance the way all great Raiders did it in the past. Oh, my God. The Raider history from Super Bowl eleven through 18 was built on Al Davis finding players who were no longer wanted by their original team to come to play in Los Angeles or Oakland, and they became unbelievable. Maybe the greatest of all time, Ted Hendricks from the Packers. Baltimore, Ted Hendricks, one of the greatest players of all time. Pure Hall of Famer, not drafted by the Raiders. Go find Ted Hendricks, please. You won't find him. There's only a couple of guys that you compare, but go look for a Ted Hendricks, please. Go look for a player who can come in here and have an impact. And I think that's what Tom Telesco is going to do. So that's the monologue. Want to hear from Raider fans. Now, what's the topic that I gave you today? What's the topic that we're going to talk about? The topic that we're talking about in general every day is going to be quarterback. Okay, quarterback's the topic every day before I get in here. I click live on YouTube, JT the Brick YT, and Bobby and I are looking at each other, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. We don't care if we ruffle any feathers. We don't care if we ruffle your feathers on the quarterback. Okay? Everybody? 
We don't care if you're offended that Aiden O'Connell might not be the starter and there might be someone else. We don't care that you're offended that Russell Wilson wasn't born a Raider. We don't care that you didn't like Baker Mayfield. We got to do our job. We need a quarterback. And Aiden O'Connell is going to be here. He's good. Good player. We got to find a quarterback, Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels is the best option. But if New England takes him at number three, then all three quarterbacks are gone in the first three picks. Now we're in the boat for J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, or Michael Penix Jr., which I think those guys are all better than Aiden O'Connell on paper, but not year one. They never played a down in the NFL. So you're not going to the playoffs with the guys never played a down in the NFL, most likely, unless it's Dan Marino, who went to the Super Bowl as a rookie. Very hard to do that. So in Tom Telesco, we trust. We hope that Tom comes through and does a lot of analysis and and finds the quarterback there. And if the Raiders are going to get a really good quarterback, they're going to have to trade some draft equity to go up. And that's what these meetings are about. You know, sitting down with Jaden Daniels. Caleb Williams isn't going to throw. Jaden Daniels are not throwing. They're not throwing at the combine. They're there for meetings only. And then they're going to have pro days. And I'm sure the Raiders are going to be there. But the Raiders at 13 don't have a lot of leverage unless they want to give up. Not one but two first-round picks, and I'm fine with that. I am fine with that going forward. I've seen these first-round picks the last couple of years, and if we can go back in the hot tub time machine and trade the Cleveland Farrell pick and the Damon Arnett pick and trade out a few of those and got a quarterback then, I think the team would have been in a different situation. But I like the roster. I like the team. I like the direction of the coaches. And I like the energy of Antonio Pierce with the Mahomes rules which was a nice off-season topic last week, and that's quieted down this week. So we're going to see what happens here. And again, coming up next, your phone calls. Let's get Raider 66 up there because it is Phil Villapiano's birthday. We did a big job with Freddie on Friday. Let's do it for Phil Villapiano today. Here's Raider 66. Hey, good, good afternoon, JT. How you doing today? Great, buddy. What's happening? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Foo's birthday. Uh, and, and, you know, he was a diamond for the Raiders, mm-hmm. and this is his diamond birthday 75 yes. you believe it wow the guy was a the second round pick in uh, 1971 and you know we're talking about you know the the combine here and then the draft coming up and and we did actually get our ted hendricks that's uh max crosby mm-hmm. remember when he came out and yeah. uh, mark saw him on film and said that's ted so uh we, so we did get him but yeah you know hey rich cannon was kansas city uh You've got uh, Lyle Alzado was a Bronco. So forget all this stuff about getting guys that played on other teams. Just win. We don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, back in 71, uh, 70 was a tough year for the Raiders. And, and John Madden said, you know what, we need to get better tackling. And so he went to the scouting staff for the 71 draft. And he said, he said, doesn't matter what position they play. He goes, I don't care who it is. We take our number one and our number two pick. And we pick the best tackling guys out there. So what they do? They got uh, Jack Tatum first round. Wow. Phil Villapiano second round. He said problem was fixed. He said I got those two guys. They instilled tackling and toughness back in the in the Raiders, and they were on their way. And that's what you do this year. It is quarterback, as you said, JT. We have identified what we need, and that is t- priority number one. We go get that guy, and just like 1971, we'll be on our way. Thank you for the time, yep. Phil. Have a great birthday. And, JT, thanks for the time. Yes, thank you. And let's all wish Phil Villapiano. That's a good thing. I said that the other day on Friday that when these legends, and over the age of 70, 
You know, we don't we don't do a birthday every day for a guy who's 28. But a, a guy who's a legend for the Raiders, got a Super Bowl ring, having a birthday. I could get Phil on the radio in five minutes. I'm not going to call him on his birthday. I texted him today. He's out golfing. He's living in the desert, living the dream. But happy birthday to Phil Villapiano as we open up the show. That opens up a phone line for you. Very interesting topic on the court storming. I'll get to that coming up. But what's the one goal that you want the Raiders to accomplish at the Combine? We are fans. Okay, I'm going to interview insiders throughout the week. Okay, they're going to tell me a bunch of things. I want to know from you, the fans of the great Raider Nation, what would you like to accomplish at the Combine? Are you, what room is the most important to you? Clearly, quarterback is very important. But is there anything else that you think is a priority? that the Raiders better get out of Indianapolis with, with an answer to. I don't have a lot of concerns. I think they are pretty good. I'm seeing a lot of mock drafts having the Raiders taking a corner or a defensive tackle. We've taken a lot of defensive tackles in the draft that can't even get on the field. Uh, unless he's a stud, the kid from Texas, I'll go through the list. That's one thing. A cornerback high. I mean, I came through the world of Fabian Washington and some of the other guys, Garyon Connolly. Ooh, that that makes me nervous too, but quarterback is a priority, and I truly believe right tackle. I'm the right tackle guy here in the building for the next couple months. I want a right tackle who could start that played in the league and went to at least one Pro Bowl. That's my goal. A cut down guy, whoever it is. I want a starting right tackle, so I don't have to worry about the right tackle and Colton Miller at the left tackle, depending on who we have the quarterback there. What are your needs at the combine ahead of the draft? 702-365-9200. Also coming up, court storming. An important topic. UNLV is a basketball team, D1. I want to get your opinion on a very important national topic today, and you all should have an opinion on it. Uh, A Duke player, Filipowski, got injured at the end of the Wake Forest game because fans ran on the court. What would you do to change that? I have a couple of opinions. I did this show yesterday on Sunday. Took some great calls on this topic. What would you do to stop court storming or tweak it? Because I don't think we should stop it. I love when college kids run on the field and run on the court. How would you fix it with security? What would you do? Be specific. 702-365-9200. And jump on our YouTube feed. It's live. You'll come in studio with me. YouTube, JT the Brick, YT. Inbounding for Duke. It's going to be Mitchell. Long pass in the front court. Intercepted by Cam Hildreth. Horn sounds and Wake has done it. The Deacons upset Duke by the final score of 83-79. to All right, that was the final call on Wake Forest, and I wanted to get the Duke one. We'll get it later because Filipowski, their star player, got injured as he didn't have time to get off the court, and Wake Forest fans streamed onto the court. And it looked like Filipowski kind of went after a player or was going towards a player, a conspiracy theorist, saying they tried to trip him. I don't know. I'm not going to dive into a conspiracy theory, but the young man couldn't get off the court. So that's called court storming. And that's a big topic today that we're going to talk about because UNLV is a Division I team. And UNLV, obviously, back in the day, was one of the greatest programs in basketball. I don't recall... Tell me if I'm wrong, if anybody's old enough to remember, was there court storming 
in the Larry Johnson, Stacey Augman days at UNLV home games because they were the favorite. You normally court storm when you're the underdog and you beat a better team. I was at a court storm at Syracuse. I saw that. Saw a Syracuse-Georgetown game. I've never court stormed. My son, who graduated Oklahoma, uh, court stormed. Last year they had a big upset. I'll ask him the game. And he stormed the court his senior year and took selfies with his buddies. So everybody now is worked up on this topic. And it's also a football-related topic. So in football, if there's an upset, you beat Alabama, but you're at home. So you're the underdog. You want to jump on the field and tear down the goalpost. That's some of the greatest memories we've ever had in sports. We're going to eliminate that? So after talking about this for four hours yesterday on the radio, Sirius XM, my conclusion is this. You have to change the culture of court storming. There's a culture behind it. Normally it is, we're just going to run on the court the second the game ends. No. You have to have security that's in the building. They're all up in the building. Security's in the upper deck. They're in the mezzanine area. Five minutes to go in the game. There's an upset brewing. You know it's brewing. You get the security down to the court. You risk the security in the upper deck. There's not going to be a fight up there. No one fights at a college game. You bring everybody down, and under the baselines, you have about 30 security guards, men and women. Women do this. And you have them build a wall. And then you have the public address announcer. Sometimes the game ends on with no timeout. You know, there's a half-court shot, and that causes court storming. But with under a minute to go, the ball usually goes out of bounds. There's a timeout. And the public address announcer says this. Ladies and gentlemen, will you please give us 30 seconds after the game to clear the court? That's all you got to do. I figured it out. That's it. Because if they're not going to listen, if they're not going to listen to that, then, then we have a problem. Then security guards can put their hands on people and try to slow them down. But if you get to the culture where these kids who are mostly 18, 19, and 20, and all they want to do is get on the court to get a picture of themselves to send to mom and dad, you tell them, hey, can you give us 20 seconds to 30 seconds so we can get the players off the court and in the locker room? And then welcome them all to come on the court. Welcome them all. Come on down. Come on down. Let's go. Take a picture. Go here. Have fun. You get a great picture from up top. The whole court is full with students. We got fans who are going to games and we're trying to police them. Have we lost our minds? Do you know how many people who listen to my show don't even go to games anymore? Oh, I got a TV in the basement. Oh, it's the best TV, JT. I'd never want to go to a game. I don't want to go to a game because it's too expensive. I don't want to go to the game. I don't want to pay for parking. So we actually have young students at games and we want to penalize them. Now, if they do something on film and they try to hurt an athlete, they should be arrested. Arrested. But if they step on the court after the game is over and the players have left the court, I'm, I'm all for it. Some of the best memories you could ever have. Some of the best memories you could ever have. And look, you know, you go back. I remember as a kid, Chris Chambliss had a home run for the Yankees, game five against the Royals. Go YouTube that. Chris Chambliss, walk-off home run. He couldn't get around second base. Yankee fans were trying to tackle him. He rounded third. He was throwing elbows. And trying to find home plate. He couldn't find home plate. And Reggie Jackson also did it in a legendary Yankee game where Reggie was rounding the bases. And at the end, he had his helmet on. Someone knocked his helmet off and Reggie was throwing blows going down the dugout steps. And then, Bobby, you remember this. It's either the 83 or the 85 Celtics, 84-86. One of those Celtics teams at the Old Garden 
the Lakers lost, and before the Lakers even took the shot, Celtic fans were on the court yep. swarming the Lakers, and we're talking about Kareem, Magic, Cooper. They couldn't get to the locker room, and Kareem was throwing punches trying to get there. This isn't the first time anybody stormed a court. Oh, hell no. By the way, that was Game 7, 1984. Game 7, 1984. Yep. And the Celtics won, and they stormed the court. Mm -hmm. And the Lakers had no chance of getting off the court until the Lakers had to physically push their way through the crowd. Yeah. But that's exactly what it was. I mean, because, I mean, you got to remember, this is 16,000 Boston fans. It's the middle of June. It's hot as hell in there. And they all just piled simultaneously onto the court. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, it was. they were lucky to just get the other players. They were lucky to get the Celtics out of there. Uh, T from the 203 says, arrest and tase everyone. Well, no, we're not going to do that. But he's in there in the chat. So look, uh, you're not. We don't want to. We don't want kids to get arrested. We want kids to get arrested if they do something stupid, like punch a cop, get a DUI, urinate in public. You know, it's stuff like that in college is where you get arrested. Stepping on a court, and it was interesting. I watched the Wake Duke ending again. They showed it on Sports Center a thousand times, and I paused it. And they showed the crowd running onto the court. Literally half of them were young girls, young. Harmless girls running on the court, jumping up and down. But listen to John Shire here. Listen to this soundbite. This is the, it's a little bit long here, but this is right after the game, the head coach at Duke, and he was right there for it and trying to get his player off the court. Disappointed we lost. Uh, but look, for me, it's, I'm more concerned about the, the well being of our guys. You know, Flip sprains his ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it's a dangerous thing. And I don't want that to take away from the game that Wake played. Because Wake played a big-time game. Salas was as good as could be today. And, And hats off to them. But you look around the country and Caitlin Clark, something happens. And now Flip, I don't know what his status is going to be. He sprains his ankle. And it's one thing, like when I played, at least it was 10 seconds in the court, you know, you would storm the court. Now it's the buzzer doesn't even go off and they're they're running on the floor. And this has happened to us a bunch this year. Um, it's part of it. I don't want this to take away at all from Wake. They earned it. They deserve the win. Steve is a hell of a coach. I respect the heck out of him and his team. They're, they're really good. And if this is an example that they need to be in the tournament, what are we even talking about? So I'll answer any questions. But for me, that's hats off to them. We need to be better. We need to learn from this. Uh, but uh, that needs to stop. And he says it needs to stop. You know why he said that? He's the head coach of Duke. And everybody storm courts against Duke. When you beat Duke, going back to Christian Leitner, you want to storm the court. Now, let me tie this into the Raiders. As we're brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group, the brothers have your back. Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde, if you get into an accident, if you get injured storming the court, call the DeCastaverde Law Group at 702-222-9999. A lot of people have come up to me over my career with the Raiders and said, what's it like at a Raider game? I hear it's violent. Countless times. Family, friends, back east, what's it like? Uh, I'm intimidated to go to a Raider game. I go, to be quite honest with you, and this has to do with the L.A. Raider games back in the day. I rarely saw any problems in Oakland, but I knew there were at times isolated incidents. 
you know, you go into a place with 60,000 Raider fans and you're wearing a Denver jersey back in the day, in the 90s or the early 2000s. I'm not saying there were no fights, but I didn't see a lot of it. But now I live in Vegas, and I, I tell everybody here, you got to be pretty stupid to get arrested at a Raider game in Las Vegas. There is artwork. You can eat off the floors. There are chandeliers. There's a nightclub. If you're dumb enough to be walking through a Raider game where cops are everywhere and do something so stupid that you're going to get arrested, you should be arrested. I mean, it's a brand-new building. I've not seen anything. I'm sure there's an isolated incident here or there. You know, everyone, every Raider fan loves to post bang, bang, Niner fan when there's a big Niner fight. You see how many fights there are at Charger games at SoFi? I mean, big ones. And Raider fans are in the mix of it some of the times on the road with the Charger fan. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. All I'm saying is that when you go to a game, you want to see greatness. And when you go to a game where your team's not supposed to win, that's called an upset. When your team rarely gets an upset in your lifetime and you're a teenager, you have the right to have fun. I am not the fun police. I'm not telling you not to have fun at a game, but I don't think anybody should be able to go on the court and intimidate someone and punch them. That's why we do have cops and cameras. That's why we do this, but I don't know. I like to go to games. I I see it as a much bigger picture. These are the students that actually go to games. We got a problem here in Vegas at UNLV. I am a huge Kevin Kruger guy, Lon Kruger guy. Do you see the crowds over at the Thomas and Mac when Reno's not in town? You see some of those crowds? You know how many students don't go to the UNLV game that should be lining up a half an hour before the game, tailgating, having fun? They don't go. How many times do you go to a UNLV football game in the best stadium in the world and half of the lower bowl isn't full? And we're, and we're, and we're trying to tell people what they can't do at a game to have fun? Just don't do anything really stupid. That's what I tell my kids. Don't ever drink and drive. Don't ever punch someone. Don't ever get in a fight. Don't be an intimidator. Don't be an idiot. And the kids at that Wake Forest game, some of the men who got on the court quickly and were running full speed towards Filipowski, that's reckless. You can court storm. You're not going to lose your spot on the court. You'll get to the spot where you want to take your selfie. Just don't hurt any players. Uh, Sea Dog is in Georgia. He's been waiting the longest. Sea Dog, go ahead. All right. I just want to say you're spot on with Raiders. They're getting shut out, Raiders. Willie Brown was a former Bronco. Mm-hmm. So all these guys complain about who they don't want. You got to look at some of the greats. We take the wretched refuge and make them into legends. Oh, I got a bunch of Raider fans that think that Russell Wilson is a bad guy who thinks Russell Wilson, who's been a Walter Payton Man of the Year and goes to children's hospitals with kids who have cancer, is a bad guy. No, no, one, no one who calls me ever met Russell Wilson. I'm not saying Russell Wilson's going to be here. You know, one of the nicest Raiders I've ever met in my life, and I've met most of them, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the nicest guys I've ever met, ever. He was a Raider. It didn't work out. We move on from Jimmy G. We bring the next guy in. How good would this franchise have been if we got uh, Baker Mayfield? You know how many calls I took on Baker Mayfield? Zero. Baker Mayfield was available. Oh, he wasn't good on Cleveland. Cleveland's the worst franchise in the sport. Baker Mayfield now. Imagine him coming out of the tunnel with Devontae, Josh Jacobs, and Max. Baker Mayfield with his Raider headband on coming off the season he had. Go for it. I'm not saying any of these guys are going to come to the Raiders, but they're all in play because the Raiders got to find a way to get a quarterback. 
Mike in Staten, Italy, high-end security, uh, retired detective. How do we clean up court storming, Mikey? Well, you, well JT, you nailed it uh, right away. It's the media. You notice when when the, when the back in the seventies and eighties, when that the girl with the, the the very attractive girl used to storm the field and give a kiss to kissing bandits. Yes, uh, people would jump on there. So now the Major League Baseball said the, to the TV networks, do not show anybody that run onto the field. Uh, you know, ever you know from Rick Mundy stopping the flag burning. Same thing. Same thing with football. Don't run on a field. In fact, the problem was somebody ran on the football field. I think it was Sean Merriam tackled him. He almost got sued for it. Mm-hmm. The problem is what you just said. ESPN shows the court storming in basketball. Shows the court storming in football where they try to take down the goalposts. Where does that fall? If the, all the humanity is there, AJT, me and you are around the same age. We remember Monica Sellers. The girl was at the top of her career. A deranged yeah. fan just jumped out. The problem is who's running the things. The the seats are closest to the arena are the most expensive and profitable. You can't put a fence. You can't put enough security guards to stop it. So the way to stop it is, listen, it's going to happen, but just don't put it into the media. With social media, you nailed it. They want to do their selfies, but there is no way to stop it. And JT, they say, oh, they should get arrested. JT, there's a no bail, and it's not getting into politics. What do you you go before the judge? Oh, I, I ran onto the field. They're not going to keep you. You're going to pay a little bit of a fine. They're not even going to detain you for two hours. So the only the only way to stop it is don't promote it. Don't have ESPN showing it every 17 minutes. Hey, Mike, you wait a JT, second. One other thing. What about you? You do security. What about bringing the security down? I know there's rules and there's going to be training starting today. But if you're a security guard in the third deck in the upper deck and there's two minutes left in the game, can't you get down to the court if your supervisor says get down to the court, we need some extra bodies here? Absolutely, but but here's the problem. I don't know if you watched the UFC, uh, and the UFC oh, yeah. probably ever has fights in the stands. There was a brawl and with the security guards. You can't leave your post, JT. Mm-hmm. Golf a bit, there's a family up there, and you got two drunks up there. It would be real easy if the, the bad guys would tell us, or the course, oh, we're going to do this now, here and there. You got to hold your post. If you don't hold your post, it's mm-hmm. the old saying: you're just as strong as your weakest link. Right. But JT, the Raiders fans, I don't know if you remember uh, Liam Neeson in Naked Gun, where he's walking into the penitentiary. He said, <laughs> and the famous line is, "It's like I'm like I'm at an Oakland Raider game in the in the penitentiary." Hey, JT, have a great day, my friend. Take care, Mikey. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think the Raider fans are great. I don't look at it as a penitentiary. I've been uh, the, the LA Raider games were rough. I, I was I, w- I would I went to a few of those as a fan. That was interesting, but hey, you know that's what it was at the time. But the games in Vegas are great. Love the games in Vegas. Thanks to the calls there. What would you do about court storming? Uh, Brandon Cristal covers the Broncos and Russell Wilson. You're gonna get the real story if he's available for the veteran mid- minimum next hour. And Joe Lisi from Go for the Two, a college football insider, scheduled to join us. Marsha Soda Theodore, top of the right circle, Stevenson. Chandler scans the middle, near the right dot, shoots and scores! Laser inside the long post. Power play goal, a 2-0 Vegas lead. Stevenson's 11th goal and his third on the power play. Dan Duba on Golden Knights Radio and it didn't hold up. They only got a point in that game. 
Vegas is 4-5-1 and one in their last 10 games. They trail Vancouver now by, wow, 11 points. How quickly did that happen? Vancouver, 82 points. Vegas, 71. Edmonton, 68. Uh, Las Vegas, we got a little bit of a problem here. Mark Stone is out indefinitely. Other guys are banged up. They don't seem, Eichel, of course, Eichel, Bobby, you're right, and they don't seem to be bringing the juice into the barns every night that they're playing in. They don't seem to be. Now, that's what happens when you win the Stanley Cup. You can't elevate your game to play at Stanley Cup Game 5 with that type of energy every night, but everybody now is feasting on Vegas, Bobby. You do the games. You run the games. You hear the crowds. When the when the Knights are on the road, every team wants to bury them, and they're starting to do that. Oh, you better believe every team wants to bury them. They're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Of course they want to go after them. Plus, with the exception of Marcia, so pretty much every main player has been out injured for an extended period yes. of time this year, and you've got this mediocre goaltending problem. Yeah, they played a lot of games, Vegas, over the last couple of years. Adam Schefter on Twitter. The Raiders will attempt to re-sign free agent to be running back Josh Jacobs, but they are not expected to tag him. Not with his franchise tag costing $14,149,000 according to a league source. And there's an article out on Yahoo right now, same thing, about the fact that Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs will not be tagged. At $14 million. You remember last year, everybody, everybody was whining about $12 million to a running back or $11 million or 10.5. Just because the cap came up, it doesn't mean owners and GMs want to pay running backs $14 million. They don't want to do it. I would because I think, you know, it's another $2 bucks. You can figure it out. But for Josh Jacobs to be here, Josh is going to have to sit down with Tom Telesco. Everybody's going to have to get in a room and find a number that works for Josh that's fair. It's not going to be a franchise tag of close to $15 bucks. Not going to happen. So just work out a deal, some incentives and all that. Or uh, Josh, who loves being a Raider, if Josh wanted to play somewhere else on a team that's already a playoff team where he thinks he can get a chip, he can get a ring, he has the right to do that too. It's too bad that in my lifetime, I was watching a lot of over the weekend, I had it on in the background at the house, that NFL Network had all the legends and they did backgrounds on all the legends. It was a football life. I watched Jim Brown. That might be the best episode of all of them. Jerry Rice, Tom Brady, and a lot of these guys. Jim Brown, Jim Brown in Syracuse was going to leave Syracuse because they wouldn't play him. He had the, I think he had the Heisman Trophy stolen from him because he was African American. All these guys went through trials and tribulations. But the big thing about Josh Jacobs is Josh Jacobs didn't have a good year last year because he didn't play. He held out, which he had the right to do. Don't knock him at all for that. That was a business decision. He came in to the league slow. He didn't play the final four games because he was hurt. And during the season, he didn't have any breakout games. You don't get rewarded with a franchise tag and make more money for that. But Josh Jacobs is in the prime of his career. 26 years old. He's got great years in front of him. And he's an all-time Raider running back. I mean, he does this for another three or four years. You're going to look at his numbers all time and say, wow, we're happy we kept Josh. This is now a business decision, one of the many that the Raiders have to deal with.